What was your what was your favorite of the uh, of the games? Man, I loved Powerball. I love tackling people. And remember that one girl, I mean, I knocked her out. I hit her, I, I fucking speared her so hard. She like knocked out. We'd all go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all emotional ages. Welcome once more to the Retro Rewind Experience. I'm your host, Matt, and I am so incredibly excited about this episode. You see... You might remember our next guest as Steele from the 2008 reboot of American Gladiators, or you might have seen her trading blows in the boxing ring or kicking ass in the MMA octagon. That's right, folks. Today, we're sitting down with one of the baddest people on the planet. I didn't say women. I said people <laughs> on the planet, Aaron Toil. How's it going? Hi, Matt. Thank you for having me. I'm really pumped to be here. We connected because you are a follower of this channel. Mm -hmm. And so I'm assuming that you're a fan of the greatest decade to ever exist. 80s. I'm just going to assume. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're a little bit younger than, than yes. me. You're, you're yes. 29 and a half and I'm yes. 30 and a half. That's right. So you were a teen, but you were a teen going into the 90s. So where, what, what? What kind of films were you into? Like, what were your top five action films? Were they were they eighties films? Were they night? Like, what got you inspired oh to, to get into martial arts? Martial arts. Well, um, so yeah, I'm you know twenty nine and a half, but I'm forty six. So anybody who is around my age, give or take, I'll tell you the one. Of course, everyone loved Bruce Lee, right? I had an older brother who's a few years older than me, and um, I remember like that's one of the reasons I became as like rough and tumble as I am because I, my brother would beat me up all the time. Right. And I would go run around, play GI Joe's with his friends, transformers, all this stuff. And back then, you know, they had black belt magazine and we would order the little throwing stars and, and nunchucks and all that stuff from the back of the magazine. And we would just be throwing them at the garage and hitting stuff. And we were fighting, you know, and um, I had a younger sister, a few years younger than me, but she wasn't into that. So I don't know, going into junior high, which is obviously because I was born in 87. So a little bit later, 77, right? 29 and a half. Either one. <laughs> but um, I loved Jean-Claude Van Damme. I loved Steven Seagal, that type of shit. You know, and we were fighting each other. And, and I think everybody liked that stuff. I still like those movies. Okay, so Van Damme, Seagal. Um, yeah. Like where you went to the Power Rangers and things like that? Or was that too? No, weird? no. I mean, I guess if I was, I would say it. But I don't recall being into that. Um, I'll just tell you. Because you, know, you could kick their asses. <sighs> no, not even that. But I think when, you know, sometimes, like, and I always talk about this as a fighter. Because when I started fighting professionally, and I had my first professional fight in 1999. Um, were there people doing this? Absolutely. But there wasn't the media. There wasn't the movies. There wasn't all this crazy shit that it evolved into, which is great. But if you were fighting back then, you know, you were crazy. Like, or you were, it was in your blood, your Bushido, you know, it's like a warrior blood. And I really, I can go back to as far as I can remember as a young kid. And um, I was always getting into trouble, you know what I mean? And physical, physical fights. So I think like, honest to God, the first time I ever got into an, a physical altercation, I think I was in second grade, first grade. 
So there are some people that just develop a love of martial arts. And then there's some people that I speak for myself where you need a cathartic outlet and you're going to need something because you have this in your blood. It's, I believe it's in a clan line and it's going to come out that way. It's going to come out as physicality, violence, you know, and so martial arts, that's why it's so powerful for so many people like me and you as well. It doesn't matter. It's the community, the camaraderie, but it gives us a, you're not alone type of thing. And as a woman, there are other women with my personalities as well, of course, but it's not as common to be a woman with that type of violence and that type of aggression. And um, does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you you were doing it at a time. I mean, because people now, it's a lot more common now. Absolutely. But when you were doing it in the like the mid and late 90s, it's it was incredibly rare. I mean, it was it was very much a male thing. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine what it would have been like to to kind of go into that because, and again, I don't know if I'm going to say, you know, you had to be a little crazy to do it no matter what. You do you have to be, you do have to but be. But again, you were jumping into waters that were not really set up for, you know, for a woman, which I mean, it sucks, but it, it, like people don't realize that like you were, you were essentially, you were one of the early groundbreakers and mm-hmm. the, the people that kind of set the the standard for what would come and get a lot easier later. What made you want to, to kind of move on to the, aside from fighting in second grade, what, what made you want to go into doing it? Well, I was, you know, always an athlete. So I was playing soccer at four. Uh, I was two sport athlete. I played, you know, varsity softball when I was in a freshman, but I was a very gifted athlete. My dad was too, as well as my brother. And that was probably the route, even though you know, I'm a smart person. I'm well-read. I always was a voracious reader, but I didn't like school. I didn't like authority. And and in three years, I got kicked out of, I think, I went to five different high schools in three years for fighting. And I ended up graduating, I think, you know, either like continuation school or something like that. I did a couple continuation schools because I was a, a problem. And through that. And I was in sports and that gave me a little bit of an outlet, but I was still getting into trouble. And so when I entered high school, I already had people scouting me for like collegiate scholarships when I was in junior high, you know, I was playing club soccer. We were traveling, doing all of that stuff. And then when I entered into high school, I started getting into drugs and into more trouble and I wanted to party and have fun instead of, and I was truant, I was living on the street, all kinds of shit. You're describing me now. A lot of people, right? So it's like, it's good when we discuss this stuff because, you know, my story is like many other people's as well. Um, so when I grew up in LA, in South Bay area, Torrance, Redondo, still have family that lives in P- San Pedro. And when I was 17, I moved down to Orange County with a boyfriend on my own. I'd been on my own pretty much since I was 15 or 16, but now like in my own apartment, doing my own thing, running roughshod. And I could have gotten a scholarship to Stanford for soccer. I mean, it was that good and whatever. That's, I didn't care. I was like, doesn't matter. And it's not my thing. I was really, I was a punk rocker. I was in the punk rock scene and that was big, obviously South Bay, LA, black flag, descendants, saccharine trust, all those crazy things. And that's was my lifestyle. We went to punk shows 
every fucking night of the week. We got wasted every night of the week, and I was still fighting a lot. At those shows. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's where most of the training came in. Uh-huh. A lot of those real-life situations. So, like, kind of digressing, but going back to, what is this, 93 92 or whatever, because I was 15, 16 was when like the first UFC was coming out, right? And we would all, you know, illegally stream it. We would, we want to do this. And then, then, and then it started kind of developing. So 16, 17, I think I was, I think I was 18. And I started training jujitsu through, um, cause I had a lot of older friends and there was still a lot of punk rockers who loved MMA. And they were training, and that's how I got involved into that, and then started doing kickboxing, and just kind of floated in between those two things for maybe two years. And then I met my future coach at a bar. I was always going to bars underage. Remember when they had the paper ID? Yeah. Okay. So I'd be like, you know, I'm like 17, 18, going, going into these bars. And there's a local one here in Costa Mesa. Um, it was called The Little Night little fight. And so I met my future coach there and he goes, he knew my brother because my brother also trained boxing. And he goes, uh, yeah, you think you're so fucking badass? I'm like, I could do all this shit. I could do this shit. And he goes, show up, show up in the morning. He, and we still talk about this because I'm still close with him. And he goes, you showed up, you told me we we're going to show up and you did. And he goes, you were super hungover. But you showed up at eight in the morning and then it just really developed from there. I never intended to, I just saw stuff on TV, like fight night, USA fights. I remember I would watch like Bonnie Canino, Bridget Riley. They were kickboxing, right? And then they went into boxing. It was like Lucia Riker. I'm like, oh my God, those were the women that I saw. And I just went, how you do this? But it, it was never, it was, the objective was never to like build this career. It just evolved into that. And so at the time when I was, you know, we went and fought and blah, 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 and it turned into it. I, again, just didn't know at the time that it was, a career was in the making. We just traveled and fought and did our thing. You, you actually said something that was so perfectly Gen X, which is you showed up. And you were hungover, but you still showed up. I mean, that's that's pretty much the definition of Gen X. It's like we could do whatever we wanted the night before, but we still showed up the next mm -hmm. day and did it. Mm -hmm. We might have hated ourselves for it, but we still did it. Mm -hmm. And that's a that's such a that's a, such a fantastic attitude that's kind of lost now. You know what I mean? It's mm. like integrity is lost. Honoring your word is lost. I'm far from a perfect person, um, and you know, honoring your word and being on time and those little things like that. Not everyone is born with that. It, you can build, you can definitely build on your character, but you know, some people are just a piece of shit and it's not going to matter. But you know, my dad raised me. My dad was a good, strong man. And he always reinforced that keeping your word. That was sports. You know, I was in sports from four years old. I had to do what the fuck I was told. We'd get cr critiqued, shitty criticism, this old school training, you know, and you see the kids now, you tell them one thing and it's like destroys their life. It's like, get the fuck. I don't have time for that shit. You know, I don't abuse the people I train by any means because I've had that done to me. But I am, I'm firm, but fair. 
the sense of self-responsibility is kind of gone. And, and that's, that's mm -hmm. what a lot of us were taught. It's like, you know what, you can do something stupid and, and we all did, but be prepared to take the consequences. And that mm -hmm. was the difference between like our generation and the later ones is like, we were mm -hmm. like, okay, I've decided I'm going to do something stupid. Right. I know that something bad could happen, Yeah, but you know what? Yeah. Let's, let's roll the dice and see what happens. Let's, let's roll it. You know? And I mean, I still, I still make stupid decisions, not as, stupid as they were back then. But I mean, you know, I stay in my lane. Um, I treat people how they treat me, you know, but I, I live my life by my character. Let's talk some American gladiators. How did so. you get involved with American gladiators? Like did, how did they approach you for the show? What what motivated you see English is hard. What motivated you to, to uh, join it and, uh, and all that fun stuff. Um, so they did the first initial one in 2008. There were two, right? I was on the 2009. So at this time, mid-2000s, um, I was well-known for doing both sports at the same time. I was ranked top five in both sports. It's like you dominated in both of those. Like you did exceptionally well. You were what, like a top five ranked mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. contender, which like I'm not sure if that's been done before. Mm -mm, I mean, I know mm -mm. I could do it, but it's not everybody. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> People have done it autonomously, like Holly is a Hall of Fame, and then she was the belt holder. Right, right. And then, you know, you've seen Clarissa, who's obviously undisputed. She's an incredible boxer. And she tried to cross over, and it's not been so good for her. Um, I think there's maybe a couple guys that have done it, but I'm the only woman who did it at the same time and had those accolades. So it is very difficult. I understand how hard each separate autonomous sport is. But um, so like 2005, six, seven, I'm kind of at the peak, peak of my career, like, you know, and I had a manager, of course, and he said, American Gladiators, this was before the first one happened. And he goes, American Gladiators is doing a reboot. And I'm like, what? Now, what is this? What's happening? Were you a fan of the original show? Absolutely. Absolutely. We all watched that. Everybody watched that. And um, I remember verbatim, and he was telling me the people who were going to be in it. And the women who were going to be the Gladiators were like fitness people. Because back then as well, you know, um, I don't know how you would explain it, but like Kelly Ryan, there was like, they would do those fitness competitions, but with gymnastics and all that stuff, they hired a, and I knew them cause I was all into fitness and I would train people. And I went, I like these girls, but I said, this is stupid. This is exactly what I told them. So if you remember the whole world wanted to get to this reboot and they would do, they did like cattle call casting calls from across state to state. They wanted a fighter. So they had, like I said, my guy reached out to them and they were very interested and I turned it down because I said, it's going to be stupid. And I was like, uh-huh. Cause I was a, like, I was really into what I did was being an athlete. I've gotten, I can't even tell you how many opportunities with Hollywood and all these things I got over there. I really didn't give a fuck. I've never been that person. I've turned down some pretty incredible things as well, but I was very focused on being a fighter. And if I got sponsorships and money from that, okay, cool. But my focus was, I was laser focused on this, not acting and doing all the shit. So they end up hiring Gina Carano 
right? And then she became like, she was right on that same thing, that precipice of going. Now, is that how she hid from you? She jumped on the show to get away from you? (laughs) Right. I'm just here to cause trouble. (laughs) I I, I like her too. She was, she was really cool. But I think eventually, because we did talk about, we were both signed to strike force and then I'll kind of get into that. But so anyway, 2008 happened. um, And then a handful of the girls had injuries right they would do like they lateral broke their nails yeah right they do like lateral movements and their fucking knees blew out so they were like we're gonna recast we need some more people to do it they did another open casting same thing i told my guy i was like i'm not standing he goes no just shut the fuck up he goes do what i tell you to do and go talk to nbc and we did and they liked me they liked my gimmick I was the, I was a heel. That's what I came in there. And it was crazy because you go top of the NBC studios, wherever the fuck it was. And there's like a circle, you know, a round table and there's like 12 or 15 execs in there. And that's nervous. You know, I was nervous as well. I was a fighter, but I came in there, had a gimmick, just fucking faked it till I made it. Right. And then he goes, okay, they want to hire you and you have to go through, you know, drug testing background check psychology did you ask like, them what what drugs they needed you to test because you could yeah. test all of them <laughs> oh my god right they test for everything so you know they don't oh hire... i thought it was you testing no, I thought they gave no. you different things to try no oh. no 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 that's no. a different hollywood than, than than my side yeah which is you know part of probably why i didn't go into that but um so anyway they hired me and they liked me and um you know, they had some of the same players like Michael Hearn and Tanawai and some other people from the first one. And they hired some new people and we laughed too because they hired some like small people. And we were like, no, 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 no. But whatever, you know, the, the show was really fun. I had an incredible time. It's something that'll never be replicated again, right? Being, being a part of that. And it was an incredible few months of, of training, working, meeting people. And I mean, being a hero, a superhero rather. You guys looked like superheroes. Yeah, I mean, you we guys did. were action figures. It was pretty sure. crazy. Yeah. I would not want to have competed against you guys. I mean, right. It was, it was, right. It was I was really scared cool. watching you on TV. Right. How did, how did you pick your name? They picked it. They, so they looked it. at you and they were like, steal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the stupid part is because I'm such a good heel and I speak so well, then they gave me the fucking she's not going to talk, right? And maybe that was a little bit because, you know, they're trying to push other people. They have they have agendas as well. You know what I mean? Of they course. try to push, blah, blah, blah. And we would just go in the back and they would be like, what fucking idiots? Because you can... You can articulate so well and you talk such good shit and I go, fucking whatever. But what they did do is that they kept competitors and us separately, right? So they would train on their new contraptions and we would, you know, we'd try these out too. And each person, each gladiator is going to excel in something. I'm a big, bigger person. So I'm going to do like joust, powerball. I'm not going to, you know, anything where I'm like running into people because I love violence and I love aggression and I love hitting people and they're not going to put me on the fucking wall. You know, they put the smaller people or the people who are hanging it, you know? So each person was, um, 
kind of picked for that as well, what type of obstacles they would excel in. And um, it just was a really incredible time. And we got our SAG cards immediately. And again, I was like, I'm focusing on fighting, you know. What was your what was your favorite of the uh, of the games? Man, I loved Powerball. I love tackling people. And remember that one girl, I mean, I knocked her out. I hit her, I, I fucking speared her so hard. She like knocked out. We'd all go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, teamwork makes the dream work. And then joust was cool. I did the wrestling one, which was cool too. But I fell off that. The girl dragged me down and you fall like 30 feet in the water. I was like, bitch. Um, and then, you know, the gauntlet and stuff like that. So Really what happened is because the ratings did very well for the first season, which is how they could put more money into it. And we could stay at nicer places. The production was better. They could hire more people. Contrary to what some things online say, the ratings did very, very well. But this was at the time when reality TV started getting really big and they paid us well too, you know? Um, And then I guess they made some type of like David Horowitz, whoever, and then the uppers, they made some type of executive decision and they were going to dump the money into something else and they didn't do a third season. And they realized people were doing all these stupid things for free, which is like Jersey Shore started exploding. And so things like that, this was like when reality TV started to get traction and they're like, we don't even have to pay these people. And that was right around the time I think there was a writer's strike too, so they were they were all mm. fully going into uh, into reality because they didn't have to pay for right. I know because right. I was a writer at the time. Yeah, so. of course. I mean, that's what's happening right now, right? That right. I don't know if it's still going on, but I saw a little bit of that, and yeah, they don't have to pay. I mean, we had behind the scenes hundreds of people. They think it's it's not easy to put this stuff together. So, um, but that's what happened with that, and. Again, just it was incredible to be a part of. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep poking here. So, it's like, you had a pretty, pretty crazy, cra- uh, pretty oh man. Like I said, English is hard here. I got you. you had an interesting I got cast. you, Matt. I got you. And uh, so, like, some of the people that you were with, you were with Layla Ali, who you had a little bit of a history with, oh, yeah. and Gina Carano. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty uh, pretty crazy mix. So you uh-huh. boxed Layla, uh-huh. and uh, and she totally stole that. We're gonna, I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to say that. I, right, right. That was a really big, <laughs> that you know, bitch. No, in, I'm kidding. important. I'm kidding. Her and I are cool now, of course. We're both the same age. But I mean, you know, I fought for two world titles. Most men will never get to that level in boxing, let alone women. And fighting, I didn't even realize back then, again, the magnitude and how special and incredible an achievement like that was. We fought for the... The first, they, the WBC green belt is the most prestigious belt, right? And the men only fought for it before. Jackie Nava fought for the first one, who's a very well-known Mexican fighter. Smaller, I think she was one featherweight, lightweight, I don't remember. But Layla and I fought for the first ever super middleweight, which is 168. I mean, we were on the Mike Tyson undercard. Mike was the main event with Kevin McBride. There was 18,000 people in that arena in Washington, D.C., the one Gervonta Davis just fought in. I mean, you talk about being at the top of the top. I mean, I've been there. Did I win? No, but I got there. Her and I, I just remember because we really, we really did not like each other. 
And I just remember I came to your sport, you know, come to mine. Eh. And then we get hired right on the same thing. And I still, we still, we pass each other in the hall. And I was like, I'll get fired. I don't care. I don't give a shit. If she says something to me, I'm going to double leg her. And like, it really was that bad. I remember she was emceeing the one where we were doing the wrestling one and I fell off and she's standing outside with her and she was laughing as I got out. Cause my makeup, my hair, my costume, everything. And I was like, this motherfucker. But, um, you know, later on, it's like you get older and we, I think we realize we have the respect, you know, she's, I believe the greatest fighter of all time, or if not one of the top three, you know, she retired undefeated getting in the ring with somebody like that is an honor, you know, and I learned a lot from it. So, um, yeah, I mean, when I came back a few years back, she wished me good luck. She goes, I saw that fight. You won. That other girl didn't win, which is the politics of boxing. But she didn't have to do that, you know. And so I'm cool with her, you know. We're in boxing, and it's respect. I respect her. There's nothing There's nothing not to, you know. We we It was pretty incredible, so. I guess that I was messing around there, but it's, no, it's, I know, you know, it's, know. it's, it's, but it's for people cool. who I mean, don't understand, you know, they, people like you have your fans here with the 80 stuff. And I'm sure there's some com- combat athlete fans as well, but boxing is really, it's, it's a crazy business, you know, and it's so different than each other sport. And so I like to, um, if I can educate people on kind of what happens Maybe we can get more people involved, more women involved in the sport. Maybe your daughter. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I absolutely loved boxing because, like I said, I yeah. came from a, a martial arts side. Yes. And, okay, so Gina Carano was crush mm-hmm. on uh, for she was in both seasons, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you guys had some pretty cool. Uh, there was a like a pyramid. Um, I remember a pyramid event with the two of you just knocking the crap out of girls. That was so. So fun. you guys you guys had uh it looked like a kind of a friendly thing going there but yeah you never you never competed but you were in the same weight class well i fought at 155 around that time and so i don't know if you remember when she was signed to strike force because she's a bigger girl but she, they made a weight class specifically for her she couldn't get to 135 but they didn't want her at 145. They did 140 for her. It doesn't, it's not even a weight class. It doesn't even exist. So understandably, she could fight too. I always like, and her and I always got along. We had a great time working together. And I never felt, I never felt like a, we were like competitive, you know what I mean? Because we're athletes, but I never felt disrespected by her. Like I never felt anything pa- passive aggressive because we could be like that too. Um, and she respected me, respected me. And I was the same to her. If I'm the type of person, if you, I'm going to mirror what the fuck you give me and I'm, I'm about it. So if you are respectful to me, I give respect always, but if you come at me and you act out of pocket with me, be prepared because I can like zero to 60 like that. So we were always cool. And then, you know, it ended and I think it was maybe, God, it had to be when she had that really big fight with Julie Kedzie, which was an incredible fight. But soon after that, I was signed to Strike Force, And so like 2008, I started dropping weight, right, to get to 145. So 
had a fight there and then I was ranked number two after Cyborg because her and I were going to fight. Like I would have fought Penny. I would have fought all of those people. And, and that would have been a good fight too. Who, yeah. I mean, she wasn't the same fighter as she is now back then, but I mean, Misha Tate was there, Gina, like every future champion for the UFC was in strike force. Anybody who fought because they didn't have women in the UFC till Rhonda came there and they brought her, which I have, I like her as well. And, um, but Gina and I were like, we knew that we would probably fight and I was fine with it. I'm like, I'll fight fucking anyone. But who would have won? I would have. There we go. That's what I, that's all I, I wanted to hear. Absolutely. I would have beaten anyone. I would, I have no, no second thoughts about that. You know, I would have beaten anybody back then. And if it involved, evolved into who could have, would have, should have. But I do know at that time when I was at the peak and I wasn't even the best fighter that I ended up like turning into like what I could have been. And I was pretty fucking good. But, um, you know, I was signed to strike force after that and I pulled out of numerous fights. I had a pain pill addiction that started around the time of like gladiators, right? I had an injury. I was suplexed on my neck and then it turned into an addiction and I destroyed my whole career and I never fought in strike force because I wouldn't have passed the drug tests. I was struggling with weight. I was addiction was my focus then at that point, you know? So like 2005, six, seven, everything's good. And then that's what happens. We see a lot of people destroy their lives and die from that stuff. So I've done a lot of interviews on that, but people ask, why did you never fight in the U? This is why all you can do is try to educate people on. I don't judge anyone, tell anyone what to do. I can just, I, everything I speak on is my experience personal experience so um but yeah that's how that's that what life is though you know fucking a <laughs> I, i'm gonna say something though going back to gina carano is when when she got fired from the mandalorian i was like well why don't they just call aaron i mean oh, like yeah, we could just right. slip her right in right right so i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you one more question do you okay. have any advice for for young women that that look up to you and what you did and in getting into combat sports or the entertainment industry um, you know, and like, like, this is a good question too, because I do get asked this. So like for, for martial arts, sports, whatever you get into, find a coach, because this is very difficult. There's like fine lines between coaching and being abusive and coaching and being, um, like an old school or like. Do you know what I mean? Like trying to push somebody to be their best self as an athlete. If you are not comfortable, especially with women, look, when I was going back then, I, the, the shit that I had to go through sexual harassment, guys knocking me out, this shit wouldn't fly today. So this is another part of the reason why I'm such a hard ass and why I'm so tough about people wanting to enter the sport. There's a lot of people, these women, like, a lot of them who I see now, they wouldn't last with what like I went through. And that's not here or there. It's just what happened. Everything is very sugar-coated. And, oh, don't hit her. Don't hurt her. This is fighting. 
you know, may you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong business if you're worried about getting hit. So I want to box, it, but I don't want to get hit. I don't want to get Just hit. Don't, or, don't or, hit me here or here. I see it all the time. I see it all the time. Um, find a team, a community that you're comfortable with, that you feel safe with. Never do anything that you aren't comfortable with, you know, because we, as athletes, we've take we take a lot of abuse, you know, and old school ones like me will take the abuse and we'll still go in there and, and fight and do what we need to do. And I'm going to stop you right there. Don't say old, old school, say executive class. I like old school, right? So um, just reiterating that part. And then the other thing I really tell women, don't shit where you eat. Right. Especially these adults. I see them all the time. There's yes, I'm respected in my sport. I've done a lot. I train people. I'm very knowledgeable. Um, but I also, my dad instilled that. I'm just going to say that. So, um, I kept everything separately. I kept things separate. So there's 8 billion people in the world. And I know there's been situations where I've been in where I had dated somebody and they either became a boyfriend or I'm somebody I married. Those situations happen, but don't be messing with all the guys that you train with. Your respect, respect is going to be gone. You know what I mean? And that, again, that's another thing I've seen a lot of women and I just go, just go there to train. And these are obviously women of age. You know what I mean? So I would assume hopefully the parents are with the kids at the, when they're, you know, under 18, but that's the best advice I can give. So let's talk about your other projects. Give give us a rundown. Like if we want to see more Aaron, we want to see what you're doing. Aaron. Yes. I like that. That's, I didn't mean it in any weird way. <laughs> I didn't think you meant it that way, but now I know that you, you know did. what I mean. So listen, Matt, 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 you know listen, what I mean. Listen, you know Linda, what I mean. Listen, you can, Linda, kick, listen. you can kick my ass. I'm scared. So of you, so I no. have a podcast as well. It's called talk tough with Aaron Tohill and it's through um, bare knuckle fighting is a really interest. It's really interesting sport. It's really evolved. You've, you've fought there. I fought twice for bare knuckles. So you, you know, it's rough. It's a man. It's a different type of person that does that type of sport. So I've done, you know, three different sports at the, at a high level. So I work with after my last fight, which was, I don't know, a little over a year ago. And they said, um, Aaron, when are you going to fight again? And I was like, this is a hobby. This is a hobby. I fight for fun, right? And I do because my career ended a long time ago, but I fight because I love fight. It's in my blood. Every Black Friday. I love it. I love it. I'm very, I, I love violence. Just how it is. So I said, give me a job. Let's do something. And then they created the podcast. And so each week we interview somebody with our promotion and the bare knuckle. And then I've done some boxing stuff on the side on my own because I also love that. So if people want to follow and they're, they want to know more about bare knuckle or they're interested in it, it's called, our Instagram is at BYB extreme. So you and can I'll put links to that in the bottom. Yeah, that would, I would appreciate that. So, you know, the talk tough is on Spotify and YouTube and, um, and then they have other links for just our bare knuckle promotion. So we, push women. We're the biggest proponent of women. We sign women all the time. And we're just a really fan-friendly promotion. And we are right under 
our competitor, right, which is BKFC. They're like kind of the big one. We're right underneath them. And um, I think we bring something completely different and special to the sport. And so if people are really interested in that, they can follow follow BYB Extreme. And you can also follow follow Aaron at yeah. Coach Towhill on Instagram. Yeah. Are you anywhere else? Uh, I'm on Facebook, but it's like, I'm not a big Facebook. I'm not a big Facebook. If you're like man. 80, you're on Facebook. Right. That's what I say. Instagram's so, the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty active. You know, I post a lot of my, uh, coaching and mitt work. So I do boxing instructions, tutorials. I also call the fakes and the frauds out, right. Which maybe you've seen because everyone Those now are awesome. they're I think they're, I'm hilarious. Right. But I call people out. They, it takes like any industry. It's a, a lifetime of work entertainment, whatever, to understand what you're doing. And it's the people who never take the punches or have never gone in there and telling everyone how to do it. Be very careful who you pick as a coach because you get a lot of these, they're, I call them, they're con men and women. They're con, they're, they're snake oil salesmen. And they're going to try to da -da 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 -da, with all the fancy speak, the throwing fucking tennis balls in the air. It's not boxing. So yeah, if, if you're looking for a coach, uh, make sure they haven't appeared on, on Aaron's channel. Oh, God. So if, they, if they popped up there, avoid them like the plague. <laughs> that's a very, that's right. That's a very good point. Hey, well, I want to thank you for hanging out with me today. This was absolutely awesome. And I appreciate yeah. your time. I know you're super busy. Um, but yeah, everybody follow Coach Towhill on Instagram and uh, follow the Tough Talk podcast. And yes. there will be links down below. That's it for today's episode. I will be back at the Retro Rewind 80s Bar next week with another fantastic guest, or maybe not. I'm not quite sure yet. Remember <laughs> to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. And remember, <laughs> be sure to follow Retro Rewind 80s on Instagram, right. TikTok, and YouTube, everywhere else. And say goodbye to Aaron, man. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you, fight lovers. <sighs>